It's you? It's me? Oh it's my god. Me that you're looking for <laughs> from the other side. Is that how it goes? Or is that a different song? It's my own mashup I just created. Do you okay. like it? Okay. I was waiting for the lyrics because all I know is hello. Is it me you're looking for? And From then- the other side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. 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 Hey, we're matching today. We, both- we are matching. We both got our mugs on. Mugs and our mugs. Mugs and our mugs and our punums and our tinums. And our jugs. Oh, my God. Yes, they're rosin. I walked right into that. I don't know why. I know you hate it when I when my breasts are rising, but like, look, they're so they're so perky today. Stop it! No, I'm not going to stop it. You stop telling me to stop it. Do we need like stop. a? I see. Like, I don't even. I don't wear a bra anymore. I think we talked about that before. I think we have to put my face on Cardi B. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my! Because everybody seems to be doing that now on on. Uh, on the gram, on the Instagram, and on the whatever Snapchat, and like, which I still don't have. The amount of people that said that this is giving them life and that they want me to keep doing it, I'm like, what am I, Howie Mandel? I mean, <laughs> to life, to life, Lahayam. Okay, there, <laughs> there is a kind of a reason why we're sing songy today, and um, we have someone coming on the show today, whom is uh, a musical theater person yes we have one of your people of the tribe very (laughs) very talented man um todd talbot is on the show yes amazing so amazing and for those of you that that kind of like oh that name rings a bell you probably know him from vancouver's love it or list it so Mm -hmm. can i guess now is it canada's love it or list it was it the old in canada don't know okay well you know what though it's interesting when you were telling me about love it or listed i was thinking about the show that was before at love it or lose it because that was a show that was on before love it or listed so i was so confused when you're like oh todd talbot you know like love it or listed i'm thinking isn't there a show wasn't there a show love it or lose it and then there was but then it went off and now love it or listed so yeah so yeah i think it is it is it's canadian based it's cologne and it was vancouver and then Kelowna oriented right yeah, well, well, we'll ask him about that because I think that was just in the last um, little bit while uh, Jillian Harris, his co-host, moved back to her hometown, I think, and wanted to be more stationed in Kelowna. But anyway, that's that's probably where you more fam- famously know him from. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but that show hasn't actually, I don't think it's been on for at least a year and a bit. So I'm not sure what's mm-hmm. going on with the show, but uh, Todd is just multifaceted. I mean, he is a real estate agent. I think that's where he, and he also an actor, but I think that's obviously those combinations. Um, be a host of, of, of television. Yeah. Of course. Um, and, you know, entrepreneur, I already said singer. So the reason why I, how I knew him actually prior to even love it or list it is he was in a show with my mom, maybe just one show. I'm not sure, but um, a production with my mom, because my mom's in musical, musical theater. Did I tell you this? I think you did, but I don't remember which production it was. Yeah. So they did a production of white Christmas, which is a musical and they did it at the Stanley theater Mm -hmm. um, in Vancouver. So on South Granville there for, I want to say like four or five Christmases in a row. So Todd, main, 
um, he was one of the main characters in the show and my mom was uh, in that as well. And so that's kind of where I knew he's so talented and that's kind of where I knew I knew him. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, he's a, it's like, mom, didn't you do a show with him? He's on TV now. She's like, Oh yeah, I know. He's so talented. He does everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It will clearly. And also, I mean, being a father, which is in my opinion, the most remarkable job you could ever have of two beautiful kids. Yes. And now, which, which is, you know, kind of hop right into today. He's actually pretty close to where I live right now. So he's in the Okanagan and he's, yeah. So he's um, got a brand now a brand called a frame so eh like canada canada (laughs) canada um a frame which is an homage to the i want to say cabin but i'm sure it's gonna be a beautiful house that they're actually building in the shape frame um on the water in the okanagan so their whole thing was they were i guess in the beginning it was all about following their journey of creating this because i think they came came across a lot of hurdles of when they could break ground and we'll have to talk to them about that um and then it kind of became he started to come out with um like merchandise so it's a lifestyle brand too so he does hats and i don't know if you've seen that some really cool um crew neck uh sweaters and those kinds of things so any blogs about it and so anyway they just actually broke ground i believe within the last month and now they're living it's a whole new chapter of their lives they're living up in the okanagan area on the lake for like five months i think so oh wow his wife rebecca is homeschooling the kids and they've got this whole new journey they've embarked on wow so um yeah so you know i i want to hear more about uh where he's kind of headed and what I don't know if love at our list has been on hiatus. I have no idea. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and lastly, I found out because I was, I was doing some, you know, some research like Rachel does and hero kind of flies by the seat of his pants sometimes, which is great as well. Yep. yep. You're welcome. <laughs> I love it. Um, he was on a Canadian TV series called Hillside for a couple of years back in the early nineties with Ryan Reynolds. Really? Yeah. And I was like, was Ryan Reynolds. Remember that series, but a Canadian American teen drama that aired on YTV. I love YTV. And on Nickelodeon. So it was yeah. the series with Nickelodeon's only teenage soap opera. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. Hilarious. Hilarious. My God. He knows Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, very fascinating. So, anyway, you know, Rachel, the journey. What's that? He knows Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like almost everyone loves Ryan Reynolds. Doesn't matter who you are. He is like um, this. Is this episode is not about Ryan Reynolds? (laughs) A future one could be. Hey, he's an RR like me. Yes, yes, I know, right? Our 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 quadrupled. Yeah, I don't know. I our <laughs> our tetra, our tetra. Sure, sure, love it. <laughs> um, in any case, that is that is Todd. He'll be on momentarily. Super excited. Yes. I'm really excited to learn more about what he's been up to from the entertainment industry and then balancing that with being, you know, raising two kids. Right. 
Oh, of course. Balance the professional behind the camera and then have your kids and then balancing their exposure to social media, being in the spotlight and now living in a more remote area. How do you balance that with society? Well, and his kids, because he he does, he's he has them on his social media. He's pretty open yeah. with as well. Yeah. Um, their son, I believe, is an actor and he's been on a couple things. And so yeah, kind of passing down the torch in that sense. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, a lot of, it's interesting because a lot of actors, you'll hear them say, they're like, if there's something my child could be in life, I sure as I, sh- I want to, s- I'll just, sw- it's funny. I'm, I've kind of tried to, s- to pull back the swear words lately. I don't know why, but I'm going to swear right now. They say sure fucking hope it's not an actor. Like, they- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> you know. But when your parents do something, it's like, how can you not want to emulate your parents? Yeah, well, I'm not, I haven't emulated my parents. <laughs> true. Okay, true, true. I haven't emulated anyone in my family. I've been a, a, like a rainbow sheep. <laughs> I love it. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> not everybody's like that, obviously, but... I don't know. I feel like, I feel like maybe actually at a very young age, cause his kids are pretty young. Did you ever kind of want to be, I don't know, a lawyer? Or is there anything kind of interesting about your parents that you were like, Oh, I could do that. Um, well, my mom being an artist, definitely had creative expression and I did try to do some of the stuff that my mom did, like felt artistry or painting or drawing and stuff. But no, from a very young age, I was always wanting to be a video game designer. I always wanted to be working with, mm-hmm. like, I thought about maybe working with dogs because I loved animals. Okay. And then I found fashion and that was basically it to yeah. I found yoga. And then I liked them both equally just for different reasons. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, I know Todd's going to be on here any second, but mm-hmm. uh, it's because uh, my parents, like I said, both of them were into musical theater. My dad was, uh, did some acting. He was on like a, f- a number of episodes of like the X-Files back in the day and those kinds of things. And uh, yeah, I, it did influence me, especially the music part. Like, and then I went to yeah. school. Yeah. And then I did, uh, I worked at Sarah McLaughlin's record label for a little bit and and now doing this, like, I mean, there's always that creative bone in my body. And I think same probably for you. Yep. Um, and I think that a lot of like, if you've got creative parents, especially like Todd and Rebecca, his wife, both are in, I think she was, she was a model and she's uh, also into acting and singing and those kinds of international, right. singer, I think. Um, yeah. So those creative things, I think a lot of kids do tend to kind of, I don't know, gravitate. Yeah. Well, yes, but also, I mean, it's even from conception, though. Like, it runs in your DNA, it runs in your blood, right? It runs in the spirit of the person and then what the parents do when, uh, what the mother does for sure when she's carrying the child to be born. What is she doing? Because that's sending direct information to the baby, right? And that could be a whole other conversation about anxiety and those kinds of things. If Intergenerational you're- trauma. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay, now we're going. Now we're going there again. I know. I know this episode is going to be great to talk to someone that is from our area of residence that has been working in the entertainment industry. And again, though it all comes back right now, for example, to the pandemic, it's affecting everyone in, especially in the entertainment industry. And as a parent, educating your kids and ensuring that they have some kind of normalcy in their life you're trying to provide them. Even if we as adults might be like, uh, this is, this shit ain't normal right now. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, oh. how do you how do you raise a freaking kid in a pandemic like this? I I, I have no idea. But it sounds like it sounds like, for example, Todd and Rebecca are really uh, taking, for a lack of better word, taking advantage of the situation and for sure they are. Yeah, and doing what he's doing right now. They're like, you know what? Okay, we're gonna. It's only what is it? April. Let's pull the kids from school. I don't know if they were going. Maybe they were homeschooled before. I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. let's have this adventure. Yes. This sense of of you know of life and live on this land and, and see them see or have them see dad create something. And mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Oh, for sure. It's very cool and very worthwhile for the kids to see that kind of um, more distant lifestyle. I think to not be consumed by a bigger city or as much stimulation, I think as much influence in some ways. Right. Yeah. And another thing I, well, and I don't know if we really want to go down the real estate <laughs> um, road, but you know, Todd obviously knows Vancouver and the real estate market, excuse me, that coffee, um, <laughs> real estate market very well and how freaking bananas it's been for quite a long time and how yeah. it's seeping into all these other neighborhoods, like even where I live, where, mm-hmm. um, you know, you could buy it. <laughs> hey, hello, <laughs> hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Very really good. Nice to meet you. I know this is like uh, just jumping into the deep end. It's amazing, right? Welcome to the other side. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Where are you guys? You are both in Vancouver? I'm in Vancouver. No, so Todd, I was actually going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, I was actually going to say I could have masked up and met you because I've been living in Vernon now for a couple years. And yeah, we just kind of were like, for lack of a better word, fuck this Vancouver. We're (laughs) we're just, we're just, we're tired of the rat race. We're tired of the, I mean, you don't, I gotta, I don't have to tell you about real estate. So, you know, move to Vernon, but now Vernon, I mean, it's just bonkers everywhere. So where, so you must be, where in the Okanagan are you? Um, Well, I'm sitting here. I'm going to show you. The little view right there. Yes. Um, we are on West Side Road, uh, just outside of West Kelowna in the regional district. So um, about 15 minutes up the road from Highway 97 in this little bay. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a little spot called Bluegrass Ranch. There's 14 properties down here. We bought a piece of property here um, uh, just about four years ago. And um, we're just getting ready to build which has been a, a long time coming. And so we, we actually homeschooled the kids this year for a number of reasons, obviously COVID being one of them. And so we moved up, um, rented a cabin a few doors over from one of our neighbors, and which you can see in the background. Yeah. And, and um, we're, uh, we're attempting to get started. That is Awesome. Yeah. And I kind of, so just before you hopped on, we, we kind of do a little intro. Um, although obviously you have no idea what we said about you. They're all good things, but, um, (laughs) 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 but what we kind of like to do is also have you introduce yourself. So, you know, basically what I was saying is, um, how I don't even know if you remember me. I don't even know if we actually met in person, but I am Susan Anderson's daughter. It's the first time I've said her name on this podcast. Sorry, mom, if you wanted to be, you know, you're an, an, an enemy, it was gone now, but 
Um, she is a musical theater actress and she was in a production called White Christmas with Todd for, I want to say, how many Christmases? Many, many years. Yeah, I, I, I think we did it for four seasons. Um, and as a side note, I don't know if she listens to your podcast or not, but uh, um, she is one of the loveliest people you will ever meet. Um, not only in the business of entertainment, mm. which, um, you know, you can meet some pretty odd people, um, but she's super talented. I mean, to hear her sing is, is amazing and, uh, and working with her uh, was, was awesome. You know, and I, I am, I'm just going to say faint. I, I'm, I know <laughs> I hear, I hear that all the time and I completely agree with you. Um, she, and she's one of those, I'm just, and I'm just going to gush about her a little bit. She's one of those talents that I'm like, mom, like you, you could have made it on Broadway. Like you could have, I don't know, something happened and who knows, but anyway, it was uh, such a delight to see you in that production. And I know um, you have been doing musical theater for quite a long time and you have a multifaceted background in like musical theater, real estate, acting, entrepreneurship. I mean, now, now you've created like a lifestyle brand, essentially. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Which <laughs> <laughs> is why you're a perfect match for the show. Yeah, perfect. yeah. I, mean, I hate talking about what I do because people are like, these things don't connect. And people have a really hard time understanding that. I think most people have a very diverse life where they've got all these different threads that kind of come together somewhere. And, uh, but we don't, it, it's not easy to articulate it. And so um, we tend to default to like one thing. I do X. And, uh, and it shortchanges, I think, the, you know, when, you, when you're talking about yourself because, you know, it, you, you like all these different things. You've got fingers in a lot of different pies. And then, um, but I, what I've learned, especially kind of publicly, yep. is people have a hard time identifying with more than one thing. Yep. They, do, they really want you to be one thing for them, you know. And normally it's the thing that they saw you do first you know or they met you doing first so mm -hmm. for, yeah. for you rachel like if you saw me in white christmas you know your mindset would be you know he's a theater guy yeah. and you know a lot of people know me from uh love it or listed so they think they think that character that i played uh mm -hmm. similar to the character in, in white christmas you know is who i am and uh it's a, it's a funny thing to deal with i i think i've kind of come to terms with it over the years, but I, I struggled with it for a long time. Mm -hmm. yeah, but isn't, sorry, but uh, sorry, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't being um, in the entertainment industry just means you have to have all those backup plans so you are a multifaceted, like everything. I'm just being silly, but it's yeah, I mean, kind of typical almost. <laughs> I think today, like today I sound old, but uh, you know, I think now in our current culture is that, everyone's got multiple things going on and I don't think it's necessarily out of necessity. I think it's out of opportunity. So people do frame it like backup plans and you know, you need something else going on. I tend to not look at it that way. Um, I've never, um, I've never designed my life to have a specific backup plan. Like I'm going to go to university so that, 
if acting doesn't work out, then blah, blah, blah. Yep. Um, I'm always like, I'm in 100%. And then something else out of that, you know, spawns and I kind of follow that. And then it, you know, <laughs> you just kind of like follow, follow, I, you know, I followed my nose in my career and, and, uh, just weird things have happened, but, um, but yeah, anyway. But you, make a, you make a great point, though, because, I mean, that's exactly how I live, have lived my life is, you know, you follow your intention, you follow what you are interested in, and then you see where it takes you. And then from there, you meet people, you meet places, you're there at the right place, the right time. Those things generate different leads. And so it might seem like, oh, that's your backup plan. But actually, it's more, no, you're doing what you love. And from what you love, other things sprout. And then you kind of take those opportunities as they're handed to you and you see where they take you. Yeah, I mean, you've got to mix in a little bit of, uh, well, you don't have to. I mean, there's no, there's no have tos, but I think for me, you mix in a little bit of um, filtering these decisions with a little bit of foresight, you know? So uh, some of the decisions that I've made have been because I have children, you know, like there's, there's, other, there's other factors that start to weigh in where you kind of go, well, you know, while it would be nice to just kind of pack up and, you know, move to New York with Rebecca, <laughs> I, well, and it's possible, uh, you know, we have kids. And so we kind of, we, we shift, you know, what opportunities come our way based mm -hmm. on where we're at in our life and, and what our priorities are. Mm -hmm. It's interesting you say that because just before you hopped, just before you hopped on, I was like, you know, Todd's really, it's, it's fantastic to see it. It's you're doing exactly that with your kids. You literally were just like, you know what? There's this new opportunity adventure that I want to take uh, my family on this journey of taking them. What did you say? Five months we're going to spend in a different city. We're going to spend it on the lake. We're going to, you know, still continue to homeschool you. And I mean, those lessons to teach your kids is it's just, it's awesome. And they're, they're getting to see dad create something and I mean, how, how are they enjoying this journey so far? I mean, I think it's only been a few weeks, a couple of weeks since you've been. Yeah, it's, um, I, I mean, I, I think they enjoy it. I, I think they enjoy, I mean, both of my kids are really different. So my daughter, Ashlyn is 11 and a half years old and she's really, she, she loves being close to us and, and especially uh, Rebecca, my wife. And um, so the whole homeschool kind of be as one unit yeah. really works for her. She, mm. she just, she loves it. Uh, my son who's nine um, also loves it, but he is much more of an extrovert. Like he gets filled by being with people. And so I think COVID has really put a damper on that for him. And, you know, there's no other kids up here. There's, there's two other two other uh, couples up here retired. <clears throat> and um, so, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope as a parent, you know, you make these decisions and you, you just do your best and you hope that one day they'll look back on this and be like, that was cool. That was a cool mm -hmm. summer or, you know, year. And, uh, and I learned all these different things. I got exposed to these different things and, yeah. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like, absolutely. And what I, what I was looking at, um, at a frame, cause at first I was like, Oh, he's got a construction company that he's cr creating 
A-frame houses. And I wonder if down the road, if that's going to be something you'll, you'll do, but explain, maybe explain to people what exactly A-frame is or how it started, because that's, you know, you create, I mean, the, the brand, what you're wearing, the clothing maybe came as an afterthought, yeah. I'd say maybe, but it's yeah. cool. Yeah. It as an afterthought, it grew out of, um, <clears throat> out of the, the, the idea around this home that we wanted to build up here. And, um, and we needed a name for it because we'd been renting this, this cabin in Shushwap for a number of years and we called it the cabin in the woods. That's how we just described it inside of our family. And so we we're like, we need a name for this. Uh, and, uh, once we kind of landed on this idea of building an A-frame, um, you know, it's a bit cheesy, but we spelt it <laughs> E-H <clears throat> and <laughs> Canadiana, come on, I'm a proud Canadian. Um, and, uh, you know, one thing led to another. I was like, we need a hat. Like, I got to wear a hat. And then, you know, we, we just, again, followed our nose down this kind of online store and brand. And, and uh, we, I basically wanted to create a home to kind of share the journey mm-hmm. of, building this, of building this house. Uh, people are always fascinated with it. Um, we're aiming to kind of make it as sustainable as possible, aiming towards net zero, you know, solar, um, uh, solar array on the roof. Um, I think, you know, there's lots of different cool things that we're going to try to undertake, uh, with the build. And, and we just wanted to kind of share that journey with everybody, uh, more of a passion project than anything. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. An expensive passion project. <laughs> right. And with your kids though, as well, I mean, you want your kids to have the most I mean, not you in terms of yourself, but you and you in terms of a parent, you'd want someone to have their kids to be as neutral as possible, right? You want them to be influenced by what they are inspired by what they see. But before you hopped on, me and Rachel were discussing how our kids, like as me and Rachel have kids, but kids have influences from their parents in terms of what they might be inspired to do with their career, what they might be inspired to do with their hobbies or their interests, because the parents are the influence. So I'm curious a little bit to know is that are your, um, are your children influenced by yourself and Rebecca and in terms of what you have done, what you are doing, or have they found their own ways of expressing themselves through what they've so far identified, what, they, what stands out to them? Great question. A lot, lot, lot to unpack in there. <laughs> I mean, I, I think per, like philosophically, obviously you can't avoid influencing your children by your own behavior. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, that actor's third eye is always kind of analyzed, at least for me, analyzing, okay, well, what parts of me do I want to highlight? And what parts of me do I want to, you know, try and pull back on a little bit? Um, so that I think, you know, is just a given. Um, and then they get exposed obviously to your career and your life choices. Um, and that influences them. And, you know, both Rebecca and I have been in the entertainment industry, like professionally our whole lives. And, and, uh, you know, my son has, um, has a quite a blossoming acting career in film and television. Um, he just wrapped a massive project for Netflix where he played the lead in a, in a, in a show called lost Ollie, uh, that will, um, be a while before it comes out because it's partially animated and partially live action. And, um, so it was, it's very cool to watch kind of him navigate this while being very young. And so, um, 
you know, Rebecca primarily does most of it. Like she's there with him on set every day. Wow. Um, does a lot of, you know, work with him coaching and stuff like that. So, um, you know, and, and when they were younger, I was torn because, you know, while I've managed to navigate the business, it, it, it can be harsh, uh, not in terms of the economics, like people always default to that. Like, Oh, if you're an actor, you're not going to have much money and blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't, I don't buy into that, but the, it's more the, the emotional mm-hmm. roller coaster that mm-hmm. I, in my experience, some people are cut out for it and some people aren't. And it has nothing to do with their ability to, to sing or act or dance or whatever. It, it, it's truly, it's a business and you have to have a certain temperament to navigate it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it can really hurt some people. And, um, and so I want to protect my kids from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter, um, you know, as it pertains to the entertainment industry, um, you know, it's interesting because I think she, she loves, she's got a beautiful singing voice and she's taking uh, voice lessons from, it's hard right now because I, she did, uh, uh, she's kind of followed more in Rebecca's footsteps. It, uh, there's a program called Gotta Sing, Gotta Dance in, in Vancouver. Which oh my is God. Thing. Yes, I was in that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Two two summers ago, Ashlyn did it for the first year. And like, I mean, I sat in the audience, like this is ridiculous, but I sat in the audience to watch that, you know, the show at the end. Yeah. And like, I was a, I was a mess. Like I was just bawling my, I'm, I feel emotional just even remembering it. Um, And she just like, I don't know. She just stepped into that moment and, wow. and uh, she's little and, and all that kind of good stuff. And unfortunately it, it uh, you know, everything's shut down in that regard. So she hasn't really had that outlet and, and I think she's craving for it. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, they're around it. Uh, it's, it's just what they know. And um uh, but, you know, we also love to travel, which obviously isn't happening now either. Um, we, we love to, you know, the world of real estate and building and renovating and stuff like that. So Ashlyn, you know, took on this project of creating a tiny house and she built, uh, you know, from an architectural standpoint. And wow. so they do pick up these themes uh, mm-hmm. in your life and, and, uh, Absolutely. How I'm just wondering now, like, how do you, cause I know, um, for instance, you, you do maybe highlights the wrong word, but highlight, you do have your children on your own social media, like on your Instagram. And I think Rebecca does as well. Yep. So how, how do you teach them about social media and, you know, how to stay humble and how to, I guess, differentiate between what's real, what's not like, mm-hmm. you know, the whole, um, popularity contest of social media, because mm-hmm. even as an adult, like I, it, it screws me. Like, I mean, I get, start to get competitive and I start to get like, why, you know, <laughs> just as a, as a pure example with our podcast, I'm like, why do we not have this many followers yet? What's going on? What are we doing wrong? And then you get so in your head. So I'm just wondering yeah. you kind of navigate. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, kind of in reverse order, I would say that um, everyone is competitive and it hurts everybody. Mm-hmm. So, unless you really don't care about it. Like you're just, you, you know, you got your 90 uh, friends on Facebook and you just kind of mm-hmm. use it for that purpose. But if you're in it as a game, 
you know, whether it's a podcast or it's a biz, uh, you know, online business or it's a personal brand or w- whatever it is. Yeah. It, it really is catapulting you back into high school. And gosh, I don't care who you are. It's complete bullshit. If people say that it doesn't, um, elicit certain feelings, mm-hmm. 100%. I don't care if you've got 10 million followers or you've got 50. Um, so I think it's damaging and it's something that you have to always be aware of and kind of try to be intentional about. Um, and at the same time, no one wants to hear anyone post like, Oh, I'm going to take a break from social. No one gives a shit. Just take a damn break. Like if that's what you need to do, don't tell me about it. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, as a parent, I would prefer to shelter my kids from it. Uh, but Unfortunately, that's just not the reality. We, they both have accounts, but they don't touch them. They don't know how to get into them. Rebecca posts on their accounts for, you know, like for Kessler, he's shooting whatever, blah, 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 or Ashland's doing something. And, and so, you know, she's just kind of doing it uh, on their behalf. They know about it. Uh, they look at it from time to time. But I think they're on the cusp of kind of getting more into it. Um, but we haven't quite stepped into it. Like we haven't given them phones, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they don't have access to social media. Um, you know, so they're more into watching shows and maybe some video games type of stuff. Yeah. Um, that's what they're negotiating for. Um, but I can see it coming. And I mean, I, I know that they're, that they're going to get hurt by it to a certain degree. It's like letting your kid go to high school. You're yeah. going to have tough times, like just the way it goes. Um, and it's, and it's shitty, but yeah, I, I don't know the solution. <laughs> no, it- oh, Yeah. I don't, I don't think there is a solution though to social media. I mean, honestly, I would love to not have a phone and Rachel might laugh at hearing that, but I even said to Rachel before, I would love to not have a phone I would love to be remote. I would love to be disconnected. But it's interesting because I'm also someone that craves not the validation, but the connection to society and people. So especially even now where we're in a place where we're supposed to be inhumane socially, um, to distance from people, to not be around a lot of people, this is basically our lifeline to connecting with people. And so it kind of screws the psychology up about what we think uh, we're supposed to be doing when it comes to building community with people. Mm. It's, it's, it's unprecedented for us in our generation, at least. Yeah. <laughs> you go. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I, uh, I think it's just going to unfold in front of us and we just have to be, you know, I think you just have to continually check in with yourself and with the people around you you know, about what, what is healthy. And, mm-hmm. and I think ultimately the litmus test is, you know, what brings you happiness. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if at times social media, it's kind of like drinking, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you can, you know, at a certain point it tips from being kind of fun, happy factor, social blah 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 into like oh wait a second is this is this um you know harming me more than it's doing good and i think Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with everything it's like social media or 
or, you know, whatever it is, um, a job for that matter, you know, like, is this, is this hurting me more than it's helping me? And, um, and, and that's kind of what I do. I mean, I've, I've left jobs like a television series because I just, that equation tipped a little bit and, um, and it's never one or the other. Like you can't, that's the struggle hero that you're in because you're going, well, I like it over there. I would like to disconnect, but I also like it over here. So you're always finding that, that, that balance. Yeah, absolutely. You are for sure. And again, being in a more remote community, I think is a blessing because you don't have as much external stimulation to be distracted by. As long as you don't feel repressed and you don't feel like you're deprived or you feel like you're missing out, but again, I think that comes from the parental guidance as well, what the ages are at, being able to support their empowerment to realize they actually have a gift um, and something they might not view as a gift, but it actually is. There was something, and there was something because you said about the television series, and it's interesting because we, we've talked all this time. We haven't really talked about Love It or List It, which I know that's that's pretty much what I think a lot of people know you from. Now, is it, I, is it on hiatus? Is it over are you allowed to say that yeah yeah no i'm 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 allowed to say okay. I, I i was about to say i'm allowed to say whatever i want but that is not true <laughs> uh you know contracts are are funny things and you know and and uh but um what i can say is that uh we we wrapped uh season five which was 131 hour episodes took us eight years to film it and um you know, it was, it was, I think I, everyone had their own opinions and their own choices around uh, what they wanted to do at that juncture. And, and for me, I was very clear early on by, probably by season three, um, that, you know, while there was a lot of great things about it, um, it was definitely time for me to move on. I was under contract for five seasons, so um, they kept renewing. And, um, as we went into season five, I made it clear to the production company that this would be my last season. And, um, there was interest in doing season six, but, um, you know, I, I'd made that choice a long time ago and, um, and, you know, it, it's a lovely paycheck and, and, uh, you know, it feeds a certain ego element where, you know, you have this this default thing to be able to say, oh yeah, you know, I'm on this TV show or long running, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it just kind of, it's something that people can latch onto real quick and easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I knew for myself that it just, I'd, I'd experienced it and it was, it was great for what it was, but it was definitely time for me to move on. And um, so I made that independent decision and, you know, whether that had an impact on whether the whole show continued or not. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's, it sounds like Jillian almost had a similar, maybe a similar feeling. I, I don't know, but have you, have you seen her since you've been up and do you guys talk? Cause I know you're in the same, you're like in the same, you're in the hood now. You're in the same. Yeah, next- we're about like literally <laughs> 15 minutes apart now. Wow. I have a restraining order on her, so she's not allowed to come any closer. <laughs> um, no, we haven't seen each other. She messaged me the other day um, because we're we're in this super retro cabin. Like, this is like a time capsule. Uh, and, and there's this um, uh, kind of a mustardy green colored stove. And, uh, 
so I was, I don't know, I was on my stories and, and so she messaged me and she's like, uh, where can I get, the, can I buy this stove from you or who, whose is it? And I was like, well, we rented this place. So I probably should have sold it and just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, we, we, uh, it's, it's funny. We, you know, we spent so much time together. It's kind of like if people don't understand, uh, or don't have a glimpse into, uh, how shows work, which is like, you know, for example, your mom, you know, Susan and I spent every Christmas together for four years. It's a very intimate time of life, uh, a time of the year. And, uh, and we're shoved into this tiny little space. We get to experience this great show with all these people. It's very connected. And yet, you know, when's the last time I talked to her? Mm -hmm. you, you have these experiences with people and then you go and you, and you move on. Yeah. The connection is always there. Like, yeah. you know, Jill and I are very different people and it's often hard to describe the, the relationship between the two of us because People want to know, do you like each other or do you not like each other? Like, are you the same as you are on TV or not? Yeah. And it's like, oh my goodness. It, it, you, you simply can't answer that. Um, we would pick up, I know if we went for a drink tonight, um, we'd probably just kind of pick up where we left off. Um, and we'd slot back into not, not the characters that we played on the show, but, you know, the relationship that we had mm -hmm. and you know we you know while we were doing the show we were at very different places in our lives you know i had two babies when we started wow. she had two babies when we finished so uh -oh. you know i was uh in some ways uh I'm, I'm i'm old i'm older than jill so in some ways i had i was going through the craziness that she kind of went through at the end uh. um and some of the things that she had learned and gone through earlier on in her career i was exploring late like so we have some of these weird overlaps and um you know i watched her have kids and adjust to that lifestyle and uh tease her about you know, misery loves company and <laughs> it's like, you know, working and, and feeling that pull and that sacrifice. And it's different for women, obviously, um, being a mom and, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like our, our relationship just got put on a shelf and we've, you know, we've gone off to do the things that we really needed to do. And we were, we were, um, we were somewhat, somewhat limited by the fact that we had this obligation to the show mm -hmm. and now we get to um step back into kind of doing what we want to do well then and that's that's just interesting because we like here and i've had a couple a few reality tv show quote unquote guests on the show predominantly for some reason from hell's kitchen <laughs> we've had, <laughs> had right. like, i don't i don't know where this is coming from but we've had like how many have we had now three four yep three so it's just it's interesting that you just with these different production companies um how they all how they're all slightly different but but they all have the same thing in common where everybody just they think they know you from this especially because it's called a reality mm -hmm. tv show so they're like well then that has to be reality that's how you know who you are you know so for example we we haven't aired this episode, but we had 
yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say it's the, it's the great myth, right? Like you nailed it in the fact that they call it reality. And for the most part, it is not true. Okay. Uh, it's not that it's not, it's this, it depends on how you want to carve it up and what spin you want to put on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it, is it real people? Yes. Uh, so, you know, are they cooking real food? Sure. So at what point do you want to draw the line as to real or not real? The, the question people always ask me is like, is it scripted? I'm like, yeah. no, it's not scripted. I mean, we improvise the content. So, uh, you know, but there's this gray area in it. And I, and I think the big separator from, um, from the scripted world to the reality world is that two things. Number one is we use our own names. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that is the big separator. Like I've been in this business for 20 plus years before I did love it or listed. And I worked nonstop. Uh, but you know, I got stopped, you know, by people uh, recognizing me from one thing or the other rarely. <laughs> and they would never know my name. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Oh, you're the guy from blah, blah, blah. Now, like, even with a mask on, a hat, glasses, people hear my voice and they know my name. And, and so they, because it's your name, they they associate that character with who you are. That's right. Yeah. But that's number one. And then the other thing is, is that you know we we um, we it's the title. Reality is 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 the issue. Uh, in the scripted world, we 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 have this agreement with the audience that if we do this really well, you'll suspend disbelief and then you'll, you'll believe it um, for a while. But then when you turn the show off, you know that the guy from Bridgerton is not actually that guy. Right. Well, some people are really messed up and they actually do believe this stuff. Um, But in the reality world, we tell you it's true, but it's the same. It goes into the same bucket. It's entertainment. Yeah. People making money off of entertainment and if you enjoy it great no harm done but anyways <laughs> well no but it, but it's but it's true though because again in terms of local production and i've mentioned this kind of passively through different episodes i was actually a feature date on first dates canada when it filmed here in vancouver back in 2015 i think i was actually one of the first season feature dates and so i said to myself being a reality tv addict loving reality shows if i ever ended up on a reality show my own or someone else's or a podcast just saying um that i will always be me you know i don't care what kind of editing they're going to do i don't care what they're going to say what they're going to try I'm not going to give them anything that they can splice or take. Anything that comes out of my mouth is going to be representative of who I would be if someone saw me in person, right? And so I told them that from the very beginning. And so luckily they they connected to that, you know, because that's kind of what their tone was for the show. Be who you are. Don't be someone you're not. You see the show come on and there's a lot of people that are not like that. Talk yeah. a lot to say about this. <laughs> Go. <laughs> With all due respect, uh, you can say that and you can try and carve uh, the persona, whether it's real or not real for that matter, you can try and carve the persona that you want, but it depends on the formula that you are stepping into. Correct. If you step into something that's really aligned with who you are and that happens to work, then for the most part, you'll be able to be successful in that. 
Mm-hmm. But um, if you step into uh, a formula that dictates a different outcome, they'll get it. Yeah. They'll get it from you one way or the other. Mm-hmm. They'll either get it from you through editing. I mean, you'll always be able to bring a certain essence of who you are. But I mean, my my role on Love It or List, it was very strategic. Like I knew what I was up against when I started this. So um, I knew that there was a show before and I knew the imbalance of popularity in the designer, the person keeping people in their home and, you know, that whole like stay in your house, that whole heartstring Mm -hmm. thing, creating a space. Of course, that's more attractive. That's more attractive to me. I don't believe that people should sell their house and move because there's an issue with it. I, that's what I do is renovate spaces for our family because of blah, blah, blah. So I'm actually way more on that side of the ledger, which grinded at me for years. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because the show wants you to be, you need to list it. And, and I'm like, I don't, I, I actually don't think that. And I softened it over time. Right. I, they, I just, I just kept saying like you did. I'm like, I refused to be defeated by the, the win on the other side. I just didn't give it to them. Like I was like, awesome. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to kick your ass next time. But I think their decision was the right one. That's how I yes. worked within the confines of it. Yeah. And then the other thing that I did was I was like, I can't win uh, people's, choice out there in the world or that's what i thought anyways mm-hmm. um and so what i could try to do was be funny yeah and so i decided to use comedy as an access point to the audience mm-hmm. which is authentic yeah but i don't act like that in real life like you know if the three of us went out looking at properties like i'm not cracking jokes um but in the show, there was nothing else that I could do mm-hmm. to make myself feel comfortable enough and, and stake my claim on that, that format. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think it, it, it turned it a little, I, I managed to turn the ship a little bit. Well, yeah. Uh, and I don't think they liked it at the beginning. <laughs> well, no, because you know, you have an influence um, about the show, about why they chose you or why you applied. And they said, yes, we'd love for you to be the, the spotlight of this production. And then you become a fixture and a staple. They, they kind of need you. Yes, in some ways you're dispensable. There's someone around the corner. But at the same time, the viewers know you for you and from that production because you started it. So you can start to kind of taper in as you said your ways of coping and steering it to be more customized to who you are so it therefore is more successful they might not have that trajectory but in your head you know they're gonna like it because it's gonna show in the ratings and the viewing because it's more authentic to that part that i'm showing to those viewers yeah yeah i agree but then there's some big things you just can't win and i gave up i gave up you know, years ago about certain things that I thought should change about the show. And I realized that, you know, it's a successful format. They, they don't, no one actually wants it to change. They would listen to me. I'd go to the network and we'd have these great meetings and blah, 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 blah. And then years ago, I realized 
Oh, they actually don't give a shit because they're making a ton of money off this thing. And they really want, they really want me to be happy and kind of do my thing, but they don't want to change it. No. Mm -hmm. You know, it, mm -hmm. it's the Big Mac. You make the Big Mac. Now you want to, you want to wear your hat like this while you make the Big Mac. Okay. We don't love it, but you know, go ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, patty, lettuce, tomato, yeah. you know, wham, bam, and, uh, and move on. I, I'm curious to know, cause now if you, if you don't mind, sir, we might go back a little bit further in your life. Sometimes we kind of like to go back and forth, but how did you like, just because I know you, you do a lot of, you've done a lot of things. You said you've been in the entertainment industry for a very long time. Actually, I was reading cause I know there's three jet, three different kind of not generations, but decades between the three of us actually believe it or not. And so when I saw that you were on Hillside, what's, what was, is that what it's called? Yeah. In Canada, it was called Hillside. It was basically, I mean, in the world now it's known as 15 because it was a, it was a show for Nickelodeon in the States and it did air in Canada. Um, and uh, that was the first big show that I did. So I did that for uh, five seasons. Right. And I was trying, I'm like, I'm trying to remember if I remember that, but I would have been like 10 ish. So I have to go back. Okay. Stop it. Yeah. You don't want to know how old this one is to my, whatever direction he is. <laughs> <laughs> for you, he's over here for me. Um, so in any case, my question is, so that was your first big gig. So did you always, did you always know you wanted to get into the entertainment industry? How did you get into real estate? I mean, those two, and that's, and that's where I'm, I'm curious about those two specific facets in your life or career decision. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think I really had, like as a kid, I wasn't really enamored with the entertainment industry. I didn't want to be an actor. I wanted to play in the NHL, to be honest with you. Oh. Uh, and, um, you know, I had, I, I don't know. I just, I never really thought about it. Um, my mom put me in a, in a fashion show at school, like she just volunteered me for it. And I think in grade seven or something like that. And, uh, and so I'm out on this, this is how I remember it anyways. I, you know, I'm out on this catwalk and I do this, you know, I'm, and people are like, uh, that was kind of my first experience of that kind of thing. And, and, uh, they let me keep one item of clothing from that thing. And so I had this like jean jacket or something like that. And, uh, I I remember saying to my mom, like, do people get paid for this? And she's like, yeah. So I was like, I think I want to, I think I want to try this. And, uh, we had a friend of like what, one of my closest friends, um, his dad, uh, was the, was a professional actor from New York. And he, um, was the head of the theater program at UVic and he uh, would come over to Vancouver to shoot or, or audition and stuff like that and stay with us. Mm. It's called Harvey Miller and said, our son, like, cause my parents don't know anything about this business at all. Oh. And so they're like, our son wants to try this thing. And my parents are amazing because they're like, they're, you know, I'm the oldest of five. If you wanted to try something, they were like, absolutely go try it. it regardless of whether they knew anything about it so they asked harvey about um getting an agent or like what what do you do mm -hmm. at that time there was really only one agency in vancouver and it was marie morton morton's talent agency oh it wasn't characters i was thinking no, no okay. it was four characters and uh um so 
you know, Michael J. Fox. I mean, you, you name, you name the people in Vancouver. So, so I, I, uh, signed with Marie Morton and, uh, started doing little things and, you know, some print ad stuff and little bits on TV shows and stuff like that. Uh, and then I got, and then I got this show 15 and, and the thing that happened, I guess with that is I got, I, I guess I kind of got the bug of like, I kind of got hooked into it. I realized that I was a shitty actor. Um, so I had self-awareness from that standpoint. And so I knew that I wanted to go to theater school. Like, so when I finished the show, some people had the, just the natural inclination, confidence, whatever to like slide into, uh, people like Ryan Reynolds. I'm just kind of kept going in his career. Mm -hmm. Um, and I decided to take the more lucrative route, which was to go to theater school (laughs) and do live theater. Um, so that's kind of how that whole piece manifested. And, you know, I went to theater school. I got an opportunity to go to London, England. I spent three years there. Um, and then eventually found my way back to Vancouver, never intending to stay in Vancouver, but, uh, you know, I, I worked across the country and, and, uh, eventually kept getting pulled back to Vancouver and, um, you know, my career just kind of, um, grew from there, mostly in live theater. I, that's the place that I became most comfortable. I didn't like film and television auditions and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I stayed in that realm and, and I loved it. Um, concurrently to coming back to Vancouver, I, I ended up buying my first place. Uh, I went out to look to rent a basement suite with a buddy of mine. And I realized, well, I could actually buy a two bedroom suite, rent the other bedroom to him. And, and we could live in kits in this brand new two bedroom apartment, um, for cheaper than, um, you know, renting a place. I think we spent 500 bucks each, which covered the mortgage, the maintenance, uh, the property tax, the, um, you know, I bought it for one hundred ninety-two thousand um, dollars. Of course. Forward, my brother gave me a book about refinancing, which is a whole other topic. But uh, I read this book, and something in me, I was just like, I understood it. Like I just, like, I, and I never wanted a career in real estate. I still, like, maybe I shouldn't say this, but like, like I don't, I don't do real estate for other people. That's not my game. I never have. I, I, I never will. Uh, you know, I have a team of people who help like on the realtor side. Um, you know, we invest, we develop, we do all kinds of things. I bring people into the fold, but I'm not, you don't hear me talk about it. I don't have an open for business sign. I'm not a, I am licensed, but I'm not a realtor. Like I don't run around with people, never have. Um, my passion was to play the game of real estate. When I was younger, I just used it uh, to um, climb this weird ladder. And I real like, it was a great time in Vancouver. I was making money. Like I was like, oh my God, allowing myself to build a financial foundation and act full time. So I was acting in theater full time and just kind of doing this on the side. Now, when you spend enough time doing anything, it starts to gain momentum. And as actors would take me out for beers or coffee or whatever and say, well, how do I buy a place? And so eventually I said, all right. So at Carousel Theater in Vancouver, uh, uh, Carol Higgins was, was running the show down there. And I went to her and I said, can you give me the space? 
I, I think we charged 10 bucks uh, for people. I can't remember. Maybe we didn't charge anything. I think we donated it all to something. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I did a workshop. Uh, I didn't even know that people got paid for this stuff. Like I, I, I didn't even understand it. Mm-hmm. We did an evening about just educating people about the process of figuring out their financial future and, and real estate. Yeah. And it was packed, like standing room mm-hmm. only. And from there, I kind of became like the de facto real estate guy who knew stuff in the theater acting world. Okay. And, you know, there were other things that grew behind the scenes, but I was always an actor first and foremost. I never told anybody about the real estate side. I kept it kind of closeted other than doing this workshop, you know, like, but you know what I mean? Like I wasn't, I... I wasn't trying to build a business. I was just trying to do my own thing. And, um, and then Shel Piercy, who is a producer in Vancouver, was hired to, um, to run the Vancouver production of Love It or List It. And they went out looking for a number of, uh, well, a bunch of guys and a bunch of women. And, and uh, they couldn't, they, they kind of, found four or five women that they were interested in mm-hmm. but the story that they told me was that they really they really couldn't find a guy to to play this part and uh so partway through the process shell calls me i was on my uh i was driving in my truck on the way to granville island first day of rehearsal for high society um and uh shell piercy calls so i pull over and he's like look we're doing this show uh, I don't know why I didn't think of you earlier. It kind of brings your two worlds together. Uh, would you be interested? And I was like, sure. I mean, you know, I'm an actor. I was like, sounds fun. I liked HGTV. And uh, and so I was like, yeah. Anyways, you know, fast forward. And now, you know, the show tipped my career heavily in the real estate direction. Yeah. Um, but, you know, underneath it all, I... I, I I still kind of do the same thing that I always did, you know, like I'm an actor by trade and, um, and by, and by passion, I do, I, I do all sorts of things in the world of real estate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what, so what are you doing now then? We've kind of, we've really jumped all over the map, but so now like you're still, I, I, cause I've, I've been following you on Instagram and it sounds, it looks like you're still you know, you're investing in certain things in Vancouver and I believe you're, are you in construction building something that you, your family might live in, in Vancouver when you get back? There's something to do with that. Yeah. So, I mean, well, that's more into the, your personal life again, but I guess. <laughs> that's, the, that's the beauty of reality TV. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we, we, there's so many things going on. We've got a couple of shows in development, which are, um, kind of exciting um you know uh, i was gonna go back and do um crazy for you which is like my all-time favorite musical um I, we were, I broadway i saw i've seen that on broadway oh it's so good yes continue sorry yeah. so i was gonna play bobby child which was kind of like a dream role for me and uh we were a week from going into the theater when the pandemic hit so that sidelined <laughs> you know, the, the theater thing. Um, but I was excited to, to get back on stage and, and just dip my toe in that world again. Mm -hmm. Um, so who knows if that will ever manifest, not necessarily that show, but 
you know, I'm, I'm sure theater will come back one day. We've got, um, obviously we're doing this build with A-Frame and that whole journey. Uh, we've also, you know, resized our life in Vancouver. We moved to a smaller house. We're actually going to move to a condo next, um, and uh, which is kind of swimming upstream from what everyone thinks you should be doing. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, we, we've got a, a development kind of group that we've created where we're looking at multifamily, um, developing multifamily spaces in Vancouver. So we've got three different projects that we're working on right now. Um, you know, there's a lot of work that happens around, uh, you know, speaking engagements and stuff like that, talking about real estate, although in this format now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just a diverse um mixed bag of things um but honestly my primary focus right now is is to build this place up here yeah um, and just try and fit everything else in and around that mm -hmm. one thing i'm curious to ask about as well is what are if you were to say three of your favorite areas or places in vancouver or the lower mainland what would they be and why oh geez <laughs> oh yeah that's that's a tough question um you know we moved from lions bay um to back to east vancouver and uh, and i i love east vancouver i i i appreciate the diversity of it the the colorfulness of it um the you know it's not perfect around the edges um and you know that was an important component to raise our children in uh, so I know that's a bit of a broad statement, but, but that is attractive to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I find this is a horrible generalistic statement, but it's those places seem to attract certain people, uh, place community, um, attracts kind of like-minded people. You know, if you find yourself in West Vancouver up on the hill, uh, as as we know, uh, uh, North Vancouver, whatever whatever place it is, then there's no judgment. It just is. It has a certain um, aesthetic, it, and it attracts certain type of people. Yeah. Um, so that would be one thing. I um, I'm an, like I love like the busyness of the urban center. So I love downtown. I have this kind of dream once our kids move out, we'd have, you know, pied-a-terre in town and, and, and who knows where else we would live. But <laughs> I, I like the urban environment. Um, it's getting, it's getting a, a beat down right now. So, you know, I, I, I love downtown. Um, mm -hmm. I love downtown Vancouver. Um, I think it's got a cool mix of things. You know, you got parks and the, yeah. the water. Um, yeah. And, uh, oh, man, what's the third one? Well, you kind of said, did you say three? I don't know. Let's say I said three. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. I mean, I'm in downtown Vancouver and I can, I can attest to that too. It's uh, growing immensely. I mean, I, I don't know how they continue to build things or renovate things. There's nonstop construction downtown still even right now. And people think that with the pandemic that everyone's got this mass exodus, but it's actually not true. It's not true statistically. It's not true you know, in, in anecdotally, like it just, it just isn't the case. Are you sure? Are you yeah. sure? I'm sure you would know. I'm sure you would know. But and the reason why I do this 
this is because I'm like, I'm still, so like I said, we're in Vernon and we are the past few weeks specifically, we're just bloody shocked at what things are selling for now and how there's uh, people that are just flocking that we, we seem to see from either the lower mainland or Alberta, because, you know, of course we're close enough to agree yeah. Edmonton and stuff like that. But um, it's, it's just, it's bananas. Like it's getting bananas here. And I know, you know, this I'm sure, but I'll tell you why, please. I'll, I'll tell you why. So supply and demand, there are so many people, there are a lot of people moving to small communities and that mm -hmm. gets a huge uh, amount of airtime because it's a massive shift. Yeah. Right? Everyone's talking about, ooh, young people are leaving the city and they're going to these small little communities. They're going to yeah. Nelson, they're going to Vernon, they're going to whatever, Campbell River. Okay, so if 100 people move to Campbell River, that makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. If 100 people leave Vancouver, there's 1,000 people lined up behind them mm -hmm. um, step into that space. Yep. Now, obviously, there's a little bit of a dip. There is, there's a dip. There's a lot of people who are traveling. So there is a short-term impact, but you can rewind the tape on this. And you know, obviously I don't have a crystal ball, but give it a year. You're already seeing it in the condo market. The condo market has already started to shift back where people are going, well, okay. It's the housing prices for detached are so high now that the spread demands that people look back at other solutions because mm -hmm. this whole detached thing isn't sustainable in a city and the majority of canadians like it's closer to 70 percent of canadians live in the urban environment that while you know to move that needle you'd have to have a mass exodus mm -hmm. and and it just isn't happening it feels like it is in vernon yes you hit no. You hit the nail on the head. You're very. You're, it's true. I think that for people that are in these quote unquote smaller communities, which are starting to grow, it does feel that way. And I think it. I think it will continue to grow. To be honest, I agree. But yes, if you're in, if you are in the bigger metropolis, the cities, yeah, I know. I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So um, I can't believe what time is it? Oh my god, it's almost ten o'clock. Um, with with regards to real estate, though, is there any advice you can give? people currently um who are looking to get into the market should they i mean i've heard all these things should you wait should you do it now is it is it going to change like i'm sure you get these questions all the time yeah I, it's a very personal and an individual answer and this this is why i suck on um you know uh global morning news which i love to do by the way love love you guys but uh <laughs> You know, everyone wants that soundbite that gives the answer. And the reality is, is that there isn't one because for you, it's different. For Hero, it's different. For me, it's different. Generally speaking, though, if you are looking to buy your principal residence, something that you're going to live in, mm -hmm. and you have a five to seven year time horizon where you think you're going to live there, it is generally better to buy today than it is seven years from now. Mm -hmm. And you have to believe in the, you have to believe in the product of it. You have to believe that tomorrow 
people are going to want to be where you are more than they want to be there today. Right. And when you're in Vancouver, I like to look at the macroeconomics of it, like the global things. Great government, great banking system. It's safe, clean air, generally speaking, water. Some of these things that we take for granted that billions of people don't have. So are people going to always want to come to Vancouver? Yes. Now, you know, I'm biased because I'm Canadian and, and all that kind of stuff. There's obviously great places around the world. But so if you're in Vancouver... If you were going to buy today and you want to sell in a year, I would say you're taking a risk. That's why I don't I, I don't flip properties. I buy and hold. Like mm-hmm. I, I am risk adverse. I don't like to take on risk. Stresses me out. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you if you buy today and you you know you think you're going to hold on to this thing for indefinitely, um, then. Generally speaking, it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's a hard question to answer. I know it's yeah. a hard question to answer. I believe in real estate. I mean, you're talking to a guy who puts his money where his mouth is. Like, I am investing in real estate in Vancouver, like, right now. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. That's a good example. <laughs> for everybody, but for me, yes. <laughs> and I would say to young people is to get creative. Like, get out of this 1950s bullshit mentality that you need a 33 by 122 piece of property with a fence and a yard. You don't need that. You don't need it. Very few people actually use their yard. Yeah. Uh, like, they're, it's astounding. Uh, and you probably don't even use half the space in your house. So get out of that old school mindset that's going to drown you in debt Figure out a way to partner up with different people, um, build something yourself, create something, buy something with somebody, look at different creative possibilities to work together to get into the real estate market. And people just don't do that. They think that there's only one way to do it. Yeah. Well, fabulous advice. And it's, it's, that's so fascinating because I feel like with other aspects of old school mentality, we have not, for example, adopted the fact that you need to stay in the same job for 20, 30 years. Like that's not a thing anymore. But yet for some reason, we're still in that mindset of like having the white picket fence and the house and the yard and the, that's still a thing. But I, that's fabulous advice. We drink oat milk. We, you know, yeah, we, we, we start podcasts. Yeah, exactly. And, and yet we default into this archaic mindset about what we think we need and unfortunately just to tie this all in a nice bow unfortunately the message that we send through reality television Uh is that the solution is that bigger is better that newer is better that these two components equate to happiness Uh and i don't believe that's the case Uh Um, in fact, that's the show that we're working on, um, to really have a contrapuntal argument to a lot of the underpinnings of shows like Love It or Listed. Yeah. You know, the solution is buy a bigger place. Well, I don't believe that. No. So, yeah. um, yeah. well, we, 
and my husband, I, like we, we bought like our house is not even 1500 square feet. We bought this old, like, you know, everything we do, we try to, you know, get secondhand stuff or stuff that's not new. Actually, we're trying not to buy stuff that's, you know, for example, made in China or buy, even though I love some of the stuff on like Wayfair and like those kinds of yeah. things are affordable, but it's, and our house is over a hundred years old and it's manageable. It's a small, like, it's a great, anyway, I totally. We live in, we live in under 1200 square feet in Vancouver. Now I'm not a tiny home advocate. I think that that's crazy bones, but, uh, but you know, family of four, 1200 square feet designed well. Yes. Is more than enough, more than enough. And we have a yard. You know how many times <laughs> played in the yard last year? I bet. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah they don't. Where are you going to yeah. go? My son plays uh, road hockey in the alley mm. and occasionally you go to the park. Yep. You're done. Yeah. You're done. Yep. Oh gosh. Todd, Todd, we could talk to you forever and ever and ever. Although I should call you Rebecca. Cause I just realized halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I know. I, I noticed it halfway through too. Before we signed on, I was like, Ooh, I got to change the name. And then I was like, I totally forgot because <laughs> you guys are like rip the bandaid off start. So most people are like, Oh, how's it going? Okay. What we're going to do is blah, blah, blah. And here's some questions. Um, and you guys are like, Hey, well, yeah, <laughs> that's how we roll. I love it. Yeah. We wanted it to be a slightly different format in a way. Like we want, but the whole thing is just raw. Like it's just, let's just normal conversation. Let's just get right into it. We ripped the mask off. Yeah, absolutely. And well, here I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys asking me to come on your show and, and uh, it was a lovely conversation. Um, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for agreeing and we feel very humbled and happy. And I, I'll pass the message on to my mom. I'll tell yeah. her this episode anyway she does she'll watch the odd one but yeah <laughs> Hi, Susan. um but just before we sign off what, what can is there anything you kind of already said but anything you want to plug anything that you want people to really know about right now that they can go find you or i mean i know they can follow you on instagram and a frame and yeah yeah i mean it's it's i i normally try and like prep my brain but, you know, homeschooling, the kids are out there. They've got a, a class with somebody online at 10 o'clock. So, like, you know, life is just like that all the time. Um, one thing I didn't mention, we've started this really interesting company called Solo, um, which is um, specifically designed spaces for, like, backyard office um, in, in, well, really anywhere. Uh, but the unique thing about it is it's highly designed. Um, but it's leased space. So we come and deliver it and you might use it for six months and then you phone and you say, I'm done with this space and then you come pick it up. So it's not something that you have to spend $30,000 buying. Um, so we were really interested it, it, this is part of this whole urban experience, living in the urban environment, the changing workplace, all of those types of things, allowing families and people to live better. In, in the space that they have. That's kind of my, my philosophical bent these days. Um, so there's that, obviously, A-Frame. Basically, you know, if you are into Instagram and you follow me at Todd Talbot, I, I post almost everything. So there you go. Amazing. Amazing. And the last thing we love to ask our guests is, because we are the Getting Juicy podcast, is if you were a kind of juice, which juice would you be and why? 
what juice would I be in by? <laughs> um, I think I would be uh, Orange Julius. Oh my gosh, that's a first. Hello. Hi there. This is my daughter, Ashlyn. Hi, Ashlyn. What's your favorite juice? I don't know. Well, you have, see, this is the thing about these. They throw questions at you, and you have to come up with something really quick. So what's the first thing that pops in your mind from a juice perspective? Uh, nest tea. Nest tea. Oh, nest tea. So you're a, you're a, oh, that's really good for the summer too, which is coming. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And she is here because she has online school starting right now. Amazing. Have a good day in school. Thank you so much, Todd. And maybe we'll even get to see each other up here at some point. Cause Absolutely. I, yeah, we'll keep in touch. Yes. Yeah. All right. Hit me up when you're downtown. Have a good day. <laughs> Sounds good. Take care, you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.